Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 22 of the Two Pad Stack podcast, brought to you in partnership with Primetime Productions and SeatGeek. Remember, if you're looking for some tickets and you haven't used SeatGeek yet, uh, take a look at the app. Really intuitive stuff. Gives you a breakdown of all live sporting events, um, any type of shows. Uh, if it's on the resale market for tickets, it's on SeatGeek. Um, you're able to take a look at the pricing, and it gives you a really cool indicator from red to green. If it's a good deal, bad deal, you know, wait a little bit. Um, but yeah, super intuitive app. Really like it a lot. And if you've never used it before, check it out. And you use our promo code two pad stack pod that's the number two p-a-d-s-t-a-c-k-p-o-d and you can save 20 bucks off your first order with seat geek um burge we're here post christmas a couple weeks off well one week off but two weeks since the last episode how you been buddy fantastic you know this is one of my favorite times of year love doing the whole christmas thing got new year's coming up recording on new year's eve so looking forward to that this is actually going to be my first new year's day morning off i think in like six or seven years because of work i always have had to work the oh, morning yeah. or the the overnight of new year's eve into new year's day so it's going to be kind of nice i'm too old to go out anymore with the kids at home i don't have any desire to go out to a bar anymore and do the whole new year's eve thing those days are behind me so i'm looking forward to being in my sweatpants watching maybe a movie or some football or some some hockey whatever you know i'm looking forward to just having a nice chill night how you been Good, man. Good. Yeah. Christmas was good. Didn't go anywhere. Stayed home and uh, spent time with the kids. My uh, brother and his fiance came over with my stepfather. So we played host to them for a little bit. Um, And then on Christmas Eve, my mother and her uh, husband came over as well. So it was always good when you don't have to pack the entire family into a car and drive somewhere. It is a a beautiful, beautiful thing. so I'm, I'm glad that I've conditioned my family to accept that's uh, that's how we're going to go in and kind of operate. <laughs> no, I totally I totally get that. So like before Christmas, we we packed everybody up and went to my wife's family uh, down down in Massachusetts for just like an afternoon. So it's not it wasn't horrible. We do it all the time. So it was nice to go down and spend some time with her family. And then Christmas Day, I mean, we didn't really have big plans. Most of my family was, you know, doing other things or working, what have you. So my uh, my mom and her significant other came over Christmas day in the afternoon. We didn't have to go anywhere. Chinese food for a meal, no cooking. Nice, nice. And uh, it was just good. It was relaxing. I mean, as relaxing as my household is. I my son, we got him like this little sand table for Christmas, and by noontime on Christmas day, sands all over the living room. It was of course. I asked I asked for it, but he wanted it. He loved it. He loves playing with it, and. Um, Come the springtime, I got a nice big sandbox to build in the uh, backyard for him. Yeah, that's a that's a hard no. I draw the line at sandbox, not <laughs> in the house. That's not going to happen. But Amelia got my uh, my my youngest, who's the hockey player. Um, my stepfather got her a net um, and a ball. So we have a net set up in our basement, and uh, Amelia's been coming down here and stick handling and shooting the ball That's into the awesome. net. And yeah, she got a new stick for Christmas, and she actually scored a goal in her first scrimmage with her new stick. That's awesome. Um, yeah, she's uh, she's out there killing it and, and loving life with the, the hockey side of things. So, But, yeah, the holidays were great. Um, new Year's are he- is here. I mean, tonight, as we're recording, it's New Year's Eve. So by the time you listen to this, it'll be 2024. And this will be the first episode drop of 2024. And you know, uh, we're very excited to continue this journey with you guys. And uh, it's been a fun first six months or so. I mean, shit, like we're at six months at this point, which is pretty crazy. Um, Where's the time yeah, gone? I know it's it's been a lot of fun bringing the two pad stack to you guys. And, you know, you've probably already seen a big increase in quality across the show and and the interviews that we've been able to bring to you. And we do have plans to bring some really uh, cool additional interviews down the road, hopefully more Bruins um maybe morgan geeky will come back on but uh but yeah it's been fun um let's dive into some topics here uh bruins related so uh the week that was um bruins ran into a little bit of adversity right and uh you know had a little bit of a losing streak bruins once again we've talked about it we're not 100 percent sure how jimmy montgomery was handling matt potra and was it the right way to do it should they continue to sit him give him rest um they came to the decision to send him to the world juniors championship over in sweden and he's playing in top six minutes over there for canada and um 
I what do you do you think sending Matt Potro over to the World Juniors was the right call first? Yeah, I do personally. I think that you know we saw over the last couple of weeks. You know there is some deficiencies, especially in his defensive side of his game. The offensive side is there. We know the talents there, and I think that this is just an opportunity for him to just play more consistent minutes over in you know in Sweden with Team Canada, and I think it's going to be good for his growth as a player. I just I, I think that the ability to play with those kids over there in Sweden on probably one of the best, you know, teams of the, of the tournament is just, it's going to do wonders for his development down the road. I don't think there was any issues, you know, with them, the decision to send them, send him over there. He's going to come right back after the tournament is done to to Boston. They, I think Don Sweeney already confirmed that. So, I mean, there's not going to be any chance that they're going to send him back to, you know, the juniors still burn his, one year of his entry level contract. I think that he's here to stay. And I think that this is all around is just going to be good for a good experience for, for the young kid. Yeah. I, I think that's, that's probably the case too. And I'd rather him be playing, whether that's over there in the world juniors or over here. Um, I don't think that there's a lot to be gained by consistently sitting him on the ninth floor. So I think him just getting out there, hopefully regain some of that confidence that he had at the beginning of the season and bring that over. Hopefully that translates at the NHL level. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll kind of keep that ball rolling. Um, like I said, it kind of coincided with the uh, the losing streak that the Bruins went on there, a little bit of adversity. And, and to be honest, like they didn't just like catch a bad break or get caught in an unfortunate place on that losing streak. They outright looked bad mm-hmm. during that streak, and it was really kind of concerning for me. Do you have any concerns based on their play during that streak? Do you think that that can kind of continue? Um, any idea what maybe caused some of those difficulties that they had? I think they might they might have been coming to, back down to earth a little bit during that that losing streak. Um, I think we've talked about it before. It's all about how you respond to it. And I know we'll get into you know that that here in a little bit once we talk about it. But even during that that losing streak, they did lose. I think what was it five out of the last six. They, in three of them, they lot they they were still able to you know get a point out of it, and yeah. getting getting those points was huge because those those one point losses are gonna you know are the could help them in the standings you know in March and April when we're talking about this team as it goes into the playoffs. They were a couple. This team was due. I mean, the team was due in my opinion. I mean, they've been playing so well, and you could say they've been playing so well you know for the last year and a half and. There wasn't many times where this team has lost three games in a row, we'll say. It hasn't occurred often since Jim Montgomery was here and you know everything was has has taken off. So I'm all about the response. Like these these lulls and these downturns are gonna happen over the course of an 82 game season for most teams. I mean, last year's kind of the outlier. Bruins were the best regular season team of all time last year. So you can't really compare it against that. But all teams go through this type of downturn at some point in the season. I'd rather see it in December than March and April as the team's gearing up for the playoffs. So it's all about the response and how the team rebounds after being dealt these cards of adversity. Yeah, so if we go back to December 7th, the Boston Bruins hosted the Buffalo Sabres. They lost 3-1. to They rebounded with a big win on December 9th against the Arizona Coyotes. Then, you know, there's a little bit more adversity. The Devils, they go on the road to play the Devils. Two to one loss in overtime. They follow that up with a 5-4 win against the Islanders in the shootout. Gritty win right there. Gritty win. They follow that up with a two to one loss in overtime to the New York Rangers on the 16th. The 19th, the Bruins host the Wild. Another overtime loss. They go on that quick West trip road trip or uh, West trip. Road, Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, that, that quick um, Western trip uh, with Winnipeg where they were completely dominated by the Winnipeg Jets. The Winnipeg Jets, it was a 5-1 game and the Jets had them absolutely smothered. The Bruins struggled to generate anything offensively. And it also looked like the the Jets were, you know, out physicaling and, and and being you know outright a tougher team to play than what the Boston Bruins were. And I think Jim Montgomery was talking after the game, and he was saying like 
yeah, we had nothing tonight. We were just, we had nothing. And the only good news is out of this game is that we have a chance to go out there tomorrow and play better. And I like that mentality, and I agree. You know, you can't dwell too much on a really tough loss like that, and you're going to have stinkers. Mm-hmm. You know, what the Bruins have done in the last 12, 18 months, it's not sustainable, and it's not realistic to expect to win 9 out of 10 games every 10-game section. You know, it's just not going to happen. Right. But the the difference between a good and a bad team is how they respond. And I don't necessarily like their response the next day either. I think that it was much of the same against the the Minnesota Wild. Um, granted, it wasn't as bad of a loss on the score sheet, but the Bruins lost on regulation yet again, three to two. Um, so I did think that there were maybe some concerning trends that came up, and I think a lot of that would be around the way that they compete and the way that they handle some of that in-game adversity. But um, but like I said, it's all about how you respond and. You know, they came out after the Christmas break and they addressed it and they they played a nice game against Buffalo. You know, it's it's one of those things, those games against Winnipeg and Minnesota on the road three days before Christmas. It's like one of those things. It's like it's like a perfect scenario to, to have this kind of letdown. Right. These guys probably want to spend Christmas with their family. They know they got a little bit of a break coming up. They got to go fly all the way to Winnipeg to the middle of nowhere in Canada and they got to go play a game and then they got to play the next day. It's it just all the factors outside of the whole team, whatever you want to call it, they kind of breed this type of, this type of performance. And that's why, like, I don't, again, we talk about the the response and what do they do after, after Christmas, when, after the Christmas break, when they come back, you know, four days after they had that stinker of a road trip, they come out, they go to Buffalo on the road, they dominate Buffalo four to one victory. And in my opinion, Last night against the Devils at on home ice on December 30th, that that game spoke volumes to me in terms of the response that this team has the ability to to have. You know, they go down two nothing early. They are dominating. They're playing well. I'm sorry, they're they're out shooting the the Devils in the first period, but they fall behind two nothing, and they had a second period for the ages. In my opinion, I I, I the second period they just took over. Um. Marchand had made a nice play on the first goal to get the puck. I believe Jake DeBrus scored the first goal. And it was kind of just wheels off after that. They just started dominating. I think they potted four goals in the second period. And it they locked down the rest of the game and ended up walking out with a victory. So that was an absolutely yeah. great response. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think uh, I think that the, the Christmas break came at a good time for them to kind of hit the reset button a little bit. And Jim Montgomery came out afterwards and and the first practice post Christmas, he was like, that's the fastest and, and the most competitive I've seen them in practice in a while. So it seemed like it really offered them a good opportunity to kind of hit that reset button and collect themselves and say, Hey, you know, the way we've been playing the last week and a half is not how we can play. We can do better and we know we can do better. Let's get out there and put the work in and show that we can do better. And it seems to have translated to on ice results. So, um, hopefully the bees can continue that. Um, I did want to talk a little bit about, and, and we don't want to ever like assume anything or anything, but, uh, you know, especially health related for anybody. Um, but Alex Faust was back in the booth for Nesson on this West trip. And despite the Bruins looking like dog shit, um, Alex was killing it. I love the way that he runs things in the booth. And I've said this before on the pod. Um, he is the successor to Jack Edwards. And I I have heard some things on HF boards that I'm not going to really kind of elaborate too much on. But, you know, a lot of the reason why Jack Edwards is still in the booth today is, is because it's the centennial season. And the Bruins wanted him to be involved. Um, but Nesson's also doing their due diligence and trying to set up that successor plan. And it seems like uh, Alex Faust may have the inside track on that if he wants to be patient and wait for that opportunity to open. Um, we're not the only team that's interested in him, though. So he's out there doing, you know, other sport broadcasts. I saw mm-hmm. him, like, I think he did, like, an NFL broadcast or something. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, he's doing radio for other teams. So there is a demand for him. So I hope if the Bruins do decide that it's time to move on 
from Jack Edwards. And as a side note, for the love of God, please, selfishly for me, please decide to move on from Jack Edwards. I am so tired of hearing him stumble. And I feel so bad because I used to love Jack Edwards. Mm -hmm. And to hear him now compared to the way that he used to be, it is awful and it is terrible and it's sad for me and it, it, it you know i go back on youtube and i fire up some of those highlights from you know 2013 in 2011 and stuff like that and man jack edwards was sharp and he had that same level of like you know being different and, and being witty and and but he could execute on it perfectly mm-hmm. and the way he would deliver his calls seamless and now you just he, he's trying to just welcome to hockey night in new england we're high above the ice i'm jack and like come on man like you can't even say like the monologue when you're opening up the broadcast anymore like it's it's rough so i'm glad to see jack involved in a very important year for the bruins but selfishly not from the pods perspective from aces perspective it's time to go jack and let's get alex faust's job full time Absolutely. And, you know, I, I kind of share your sentiment on, on Jack Edwards. I was ready to move off of him years ago. We'll say four or five years ago. And I was like, all right, he's a little, he's getting to be a little too Homer for me. Like I like some, the the play-by-play guy to be a, you know, just tell me what's going on on the ice kind of thing. You know, the Homer, the Homer stuff was great back. Like you said, 2011, the Stanley cup run you had 2013 when, Bergeron wins and you see the video of him in the booth just going absolutely nuts. I love that. I loved that. But I agree with you. It's time. I've seen I've seen some people complaining about Alex Faust, believe it or not, about how he's not he's he's too emotionless when he's calling the game. I, I'm like, I disagree with that. I, I enjoy that. I just want my play by play guy to call the game and get excited when something happens. And he can get excited when something bad happens, too. But just keep it keep it at a reasonable level. Uh, at this point. And I think he's done a great job. I, I agree with everything that you said. I really hope that Nesson is proactive with signing him. Give him something now to just say, wait around a year. It's your job next year, but we'll sign you now and we'll give you a couple games here and there. And I don't think that, yeah. you know, that with that road trip, I don't think it was anything to do with health or anything to do with anything about Jack Edwards. I think it was, I think, I think he came out and said that he was on a first family vacation in, however many years for, for, for the holiday. So I, yeah. I like take him at his word on that and we'll see how it goes the rest of the season. I agree. He should have been involved this year. This is the hundredth anniversary. He's been the play-by-play guy for what? Two decades. Yeah. Seems Almost, like that. Yeah. you know, it's mid two thousands. He came in and he deserved to be in the booth this year, but I, I I'm with you hundred percent. It's time. Yeah, and, and I do think yeah. So Jack Edwards started with the bees in two thousand five, two thousand six. So yeah, we're uh, we're almost we're at eighteen years right now yeah. that he's been with the Boston Bruins as the play by play. But um, you know, obviously something's going on there, and and you know, everyone has a shelf life. Coaches have a shelf life, and uh, I'd have to say at this point, the uh, the announcer's uh, shelf life has been met. Um, to your point about Faust and his emotion, you know, I think that just so many people are just so conditioned to hearing mm-hmm. jack edwards and it doesn't matter who goes in there it could be the craziest mother trucker like um i don't even know who who's the guy that does the calls for tampa on the right dave michigan oh that guy have you ever heard dave michigan's yeah. calls oh my god they're terrible but all mm-hmm. the bruins fans are like oh there's not enough emotion that's enough emotion he's literally doing like blood curdling screeches i know in your ear when the lightning score a goal and it's just unbearable like i want somebody that sounds like a professional that knows what he's talking about and it's not like alex faust is like some guy that's out of nowhere like he literally has been an nhl play-by-play guy he was doing that for the kings for like four seasons and then they got let go just because of budget changes and Mm -hmm. you know he did hockey East stuff before so he's familiar with the boston area it just makes a lot of sense and we don't need to keep talking about this but Give him the fucking job. That's all I'm a, saying. A guy, a guy that speaks volumes to like what I would want out of my announcer, the former radio broadcaster for the Bruins, now the Vegas play-by-play guy on TV, Dave Gosher. Oh, I would love Gosher back. But I, he won't come back. No, he won't come back. I wanted him in the TV booth before he left so bad. That's a guy I think that really encapsulates the being 
I'm trying to think of the right word, but being like, emo- we'll say emotionless, being to the point while he's in the booth. And when it's time to show the emotion, he shows it in a way that it's not over the top. Get the duck boats ready. It's all a great call. I love yeah. that. Every time I hear it, I'm like, woo. Yeah. I would have loved to hear it uh, in 2019. Um, but yeah, Tuka Rask couldn't stop a beach ball that series. So Really? You got to throw that in there on New Year's Eve? <laughs> oh, my God. I'm not going um, there today. All right. We'll move on. We'll move on. Okay. Um, so we go from one young player making their debut earlier the season at center to Georgie Merkulov getting the call. Um, Boston Bruins fans at the game last night against New Jersey uh, were able to take in the experience of getting murked for the first time uh, with Georgie getting the call. Um, what are your thoughts on, on Georgie Merkulov? Did you get a, you know, a good idea of, of what he can bring to the table in his debut? I mean, I didn't really- Again, I, I I didn't notice him on the ice, like in this game when I was watching it. I and again, I don't expect to. He, he's a guy that's just he's playing his first NHL game, and he's out there. You know, he just got the call up from Providence. I want to see him play more. You know, with this team this year. You know, you got yeah. what you want to find out what the kid has. And I think he got sat down for the entire third. If that's if I read that right, he didn't. He, or at least for a good portion of the third period, he was. Yeah, sat it down. wasn't until they until Shattenkirk scored his second goal that he got more playing time. Anyway, so there was a little bit of a liability, I think, that the the coaching staff saw there, which again, to be expected with a young kid just making his NHL debut. Um, but yeah, yeah he's I, only twenty three years old too. It's not like this is like a Russian player that came over at age twenty nine right. to try to make the NHL. Like he he's a legitimate Russian forward that was developed not completely here in North America, but he came over and played um, for the Youngstown Phantoms in the USHL mm-hmm. at age like seventeen, and then he played one season with Mason Lorai over at Ohio State University. Um, it was kind of funny when Ma- when uh, Georgie Merkulov signed his entry level contract, three year deal. Uh, Mason Lorai was a Bruins prospect, not under contract yet, but just playing at Ohio State. And Mason Lorai's like, this kid can put the puck in the net. Like that's what Georgie Merkulov is. Mm-hmm. And I really like the fact that you know Georgie bet on himself here, right? You know he could have easily stayed over in in russia and continue to play in the mhl and the vhl where he was and he kind of was stagnating over there and he's like you know what i can do better than this i am going to uproot my life and go to north america i don't even know english and you know he bet on himself he signed with providence um his first year in the ahl his first full year he had 55 points in 67 Mm -hmm. games as a as a rookie in the professional leagues which is really good and then this year he um, was tearing it up recently. He had 31 games played for the Providence Bruins. He was nearly a point per game. He had 30 points in 31 games. So um, he certainly earned his opportunity here. And uh, I'm really excited to see how he does. It looked like he was pretty wise um, in his positioning from what I was able to watch. He was putting himself in the right place. Mm-hmm. Despite his uh, smaller stature, he was still willing to go in on a four check and make plays. And, and it was really uh, uh, interesting to watch. And I, and I, I hope he uh, got maybe some of that first NHL game jitters out of the mm-hmm. way, because I think he was a little less um, keen on taking some of those uh, or making some of those creative plays that he's been making recently with the Providence Bruins. Um, I can kind of see, a, I don't want to, I don't want to say he's like David Posternock because that's way too high of a comparison, but he does have some of that, you know, shiftiness and, and some of that, yeah, you know, relief element um, with his shot that that pasta has. So I hope we see a little bit of that here um, tonight uh, as they take on the Detroit Red Wings. And by the way, the Bruins are so due for a good statement game against the Detroit Red Wings. I'm so tired of these fucking power play merchants. <laughs> Your favorite team. Your favorite team. The fucking Detroit hate Red, Red Wings. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, just one um, one final thought on, yeah. on on Merck there. He did play 15 minutes in this game, which I thought was was a, it seemed like it was less just based on watching watching the game. But that was great. But I think a big concern that he's got to work on is his face off game. He was not good. Yeah. In the 
Which yeah, him and friend of the show Morgan Geeky um, kind of struggled at the dot last night, um, and that's something that the Bruins really need to get better at. I mean, it was kind of be to be expected. I mean, we don't have our Patrice Bergeron binky anymore, where we could just throw Bergeron out for every important faceoff. I mean, they had um, the Devils had McLeod out there taking every important draw, and it seems like he won like eighty percent of them. Mm-hmm. And it used to be almost like a, a foregone conclusion that we could 85 you know, exactly and and that's why i mean i felt like the bruins in the last like five seasons they had so many set play goals right off the dot mm-hmm. because they were so good at winning the draw and i mean when you take away you know maybe 30 goals a year that are from set plays you know you got to make that up somehow and, and right now this team has to like fight tooth and nail just to generate offense and uh unless you're uh unless your daddy chattenkirk who just pops in two goals for his hundredth uh of his career just like that but uh yeah it's um it's definitely something that they need to keep an eye on and, and georgie merculov definitely needs to work on the the, the face-off side of things that cloud stats in the face-off are unbelievable he won 17 and only lost three yeah unbelievable yeah he was shredding him in the dot um, another player that really stood out to me in that game last night, and I think it's because he still has a little, uh, I'm going to throw a Jack Edwards, um, Edwardsism at you. I think Zaka has a B under his bonnet for the way that he was treated by the New Jersey Devils. Like he was flying and throwing the body around and it was, uh, it was nice to see. I wish he had that kind of like fire in every game, but it is what it is. Yep. Did you, did you notice Zaka? Uh, I did in the second period when he was out there for, you know, I don't think he had any points, but it just seemed like he was flying around out there. And, you know, again, he's 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 been a guy this year that's just kind of stepped right into, you know, filling that top six role that was vacated by the two centers that left. And I mean, I'm not saying, again, that Zaka's not those two, not Krejci, not Bergeron, but he's done, he's, he's exceeded my expectations this year. And we can just say that, that this trade that Don Sweeney made to get him here unbelievable steal for the Bruins trading yeah. Eric Halla out to get Zaka. I, I mean, you want to talk about one of his best trades. That's definitely one of them. Oh, it's definitely, definitely on the list for me, for sure. I mean, you get a top six center, despite what all the New Jersey fans would tell you, he is a top six center now. Mm-hmm. Like, and he's proving that he can be um, for a veteran castaway. Uh and Hall is not a bad player. Halla is no. a serviceable NHL forward. He's and a middle he's playing six a decent, yeah, yeah, and he's playing a decent role for the Devils right now. But, you know, one of those things is drastically worth more than the other, especially the, the age of the player, too, in mind. Oh, um, yeah. Big time. It's just it's a swindling. Um, Former six overall pick. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's go ahead and uh, throw it over. We have another edition of the two pad stack hat trick with patrick where he's going to give you some uh gambling advice and maybe uh you can hit on all three and make yourself a little bit of cash so we're going to send you over to that right now make some money good morning good afternoon and good evening and happy new year to pad stack fans and welcome back to the second edition of the two pad stack hat trick with patrick I'm Patrick, and let's make some money. These picks are for Tuesday, January 2nd, 2024, and all odds are available on DraftKings as of the first day of the new year. Let's get right into it. Three picks, Patrick, let's go. First pick is going to be the Boston Bruins. Yes, I'm going back to the well again or a puck line in their last 10 games the four games they've won only one time have they not covered the puck line of one and a half i'm taking that at plus 100 and that is against the columbus blue jackets second pick is going to be my total my over and that's over six and a half goals scored in the Philadelphia Flyers at Edmonton Oilers. The Oilers are a proficient goal-scoring team, ninth in the NHL right now, and the Flyers are just a team that gives up goals, and I see them also being able to put up some goals against the Oilers. Take you over six and a half. That is minus 120, and you can tell by that number it is a favorite. 
to hit. And last but not least, I'm going for a homer pick. Yes, it is the New York Rangers at home against the Carolina Hurricanes. And I am taking them money line just to win. Stay tuned. May even pick. May You might be able to sprinkle on the, on the puck line there. But I'm going to take Rangers money line straight up to win. Minus 130. Thank you. Again, here on Two Pad Stack, Patrick with Patrick. I am Patrick. Let's make some money. All right. Well, there you go. There's the hat trick with Patrick. Um, I'm not a big gambler. Every time I try to upload money into my DraftKings sports sports book app, I end up losing it. So uh, trust Patrick. Don't trust me. Um, and uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, I might have to chase him on some of these bets in the future, but I'm going to make a little bit more money before I can throw and, 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 you know, reload my DraftKings uh, account. What about you? Do you, are you, have you been dabbling in any, you know, gambling lately? Bursch? No, I, I would, in it, to be honest with you, like I would stay away from betting hockey. Like that's just my personal preference. And then another thing is like, I don't like to bet on my own teams. Like it's just not fun. If I'm going to bet on games, I'll bet on other teams because it actually gets me intensely into the games. I'm just, I've never really been a big sports gambler. It's, I'm more of like, I want to play the table games when I gamble because I feel like I have some control over that. (laughs) What's your, uh, what's your poison of choice in the table games? Spanish 21. Spanish 20. Is that like blackjack? It's blackjack, but there's no tens in the deck. There's the face Uh... cards, but there's no number tens. And you you can double down anytime and you can do a bunch of different things that you can't really do in regular blackjack. Hmm. The odds are different. It's a complete, you know, you, you play the game completely different than a, than a game of blackjack. So. Gotcha. Yeah. I like, uh, I like playing blackjack. Um, I went on a trip with my brother and my stepfather. We went to Vegas for a Bruins game and we had a lot of fun um actually it was just me and my stepdad this was before my brother went with us um but yeah me and my stepdad went there and we ended up drinking far too much and we did the the ferris wheel in vegas i don't know if you've ever seen that thing but what what there is in each one of those capsules is a bar with a bartender and you spend like 70 bucks and it takes you 30 minutes to get all the way around and it's an open bar so (laughs) i took that as a challenge to try to see how many drinks I could drink while I was going around. Um, I think I got to like six. In a half hour? <laughs> in a half hour. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like falling over at the top of this Ferris wheel thing. And it's all <laughs> the way up there. Great sight lines. I saw t- two of everything. It was great. Um, <laughs> That's great. But uh, it was a ton of fun. If you ever get a chance um, to go catch a bees game or even just catch a, a, a night's game in general, um, it's a lot of fun to do that. We spent a day in old Vegas where some of the uh, the people watching is the greatest I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I saw like two people that were amputees fighting, um, oh which was God. new for me. Never seen that before. Um my God. Like midget wrestling in the street. Um, that was something. Uh, yeah, the naked I... cowboy was walking around. Um, yeah, it was it was it was an experience for sure. I, I've I've been to Vegas once. I went before the nights were there, so it was like I don't know, a decade ago at this point, but it was an unbelievable experience. Yes, the people watching down there is un believable oh you know, it's so much fun the, the stuff that you get handed in the streets being able to walk around with a drink in your hand it, oh yeah yeah we, we gambled a lot i think one of my buddy's friends we, we were out all night and we we got lost like i got separated from them i was somewhere else i had to find my way back with a taxi one of my friends passed out on the floor in a completely different hotel on like the 24th floor why he was oh there, we do God. not know, but he passed out on the floor and like security was like calling my, my buddy who's, who was his cousin. They're like, come get your friend here, man, or he's going to end up going to the trunk tank. It's just Jeez. shenanigans. If you go to Vegas, whatever, it's true. Whatever happens there really, truly stays there. And yeah. the shenanigans are unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, I would, um, 
I really enjoyed like you, the problem is like in all the casinos that I stayed at. So we stayed at Caesar's Palace when we went for this trip. I've been there for work twice. Other times um, I stayed in the Mandalay Bay. I stayed in the Red Rocks Resort, which is off of the strip. Mm-hmm. Um, but the problem is all the casinos that are right on the strip. Like, I just want to go to a table that has like five dollar blackjack. Oh, you won't find that. You're not. That's not there. Like you, have, I had to go to old Vegas and like the really dingy, like dark, really old casinos to even find like a ten dollar blackjack table. Mm-hmm. And I sat there and I, I went up like forty bucks and I was like, oh, I'm riding this high and I'm gonna get up there and I'm gonna make like a hundred bucks. Then I lost like six hands in a row and I, mm-hmm. I was convinced that this dealer was fucking me and I just looked, I glared at her and I was like, you are the worst dealer I've ever had in my life. She's like, I take pride in that. And I was like, I'm sure you do and I'm sure your employers enjoy it. And she's like, you can get away from my table now. I was like, I fucking will. You've already taken <laughs> enough of my money. Like, uh, I'm not your friend here and I'm, I don't like you. Um, and she was like this shriveled up prune of a woman and it's like, this has been her life's calling is to just ruin people. And she just took immense joy in it. Imagine and, the and, people that that, that that she's seen come through her table. Oh my god! Like dude, I know the real degenerates that are like, and it, it's almost sad. Like we think about, it, it's almost sad. Like the real, like true degenerates that just continuously piss their money away at a table, hoping to to do it, and they just keep losing. Yeah. And just drive it deeper into the like those people see those types of people on a regular oh, basis. Yeah. Oh yeah, and those are the people that that pay their paychecks so oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> yeah I, I mean my 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 poison of choice when i'm gambling is uh I, I like blackjack i play a lot of roulette too because it can be as simple as you want it or as complex as you want it to be you know you could put chips on specific numbers you can put it on evens you could put it on odds you can put it on red you can put it on black um it's very easy to understand what i don't understand is like craps and shit like that i don't understand i don't don't understand that at all and there's there's like always like a crowd of people around the dice table i'm like i have no idea what's going on i walked up to it and i was like can you explain this game to me they're like oh yeah you need to do you know x y and z and if if the donkey falls forward backwards and and you know the sun is out in you know the 13th of july this is worth this much i'm like bro you are speaking greek to me i am never gonna learn this game and i'm just gonna go play blackjack like a simple man and uh that's what i did um here's a little cheat for you if you are betting against or betting in a game where your favorite team's involved bet for the other team and the reason for that is at the end of the game you're still going to be a winner (laughs) either your team won or you made some money and you know that's a sacrifice that i can live with you know what i mean oh yeah Um, Oh, yeah. and, and for I, legal purposes, the two bad stack says you need to bet responsibly. And if you need help, there's services out there. So have fun looking those up. There you go. I, I'm more I'm more up to bet football because the spread is a lot different. Yeah. And you can really, really get into seeing like I think like, for example, today the Patriots are uh underdogs by 14 points. Like you're talking the Patriots. Vegas thinks the Patriots are gonna get blown out. I'll take the Patriots on that all day laying the playing the points and that's something i would be confident in playing because i don't think the patriots are going to get blown out hockey's a little bit different where you know you get the puck line and it's always like one and a half or you know a half or whatever so it's going to be a one or two goal game and it's harder to to predict i think yeah that's absolutely and, and i mean you look at what our resident um gambling friend uh the puck professor professor of puck whatever um you know, you look at his record gambling hockey. Hockey is just such a hard sport to draw trends on and make educated guesses on. Um, I mean, poor Professor of Puck is like batting at like 35% on his NHL bets right now just because teams aren't consistent in what they yeah. do. You know, you're not going to get the same stifling defense out of the New York Islanders every single night. It's not going to be an under every single night. Um, and, and even teams like the Bruins had, a, you know, a blueprint for what they did to win. And in the last week and a half, they deviated from that big time. Mm-hmm. And it's caught probably costs a lot of people that put money on the beast to win these games, a decent chunk of decent chunk of cash. So it's a really hard sport to bet. I'm never going to pretend like I'm an expert on it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, maybe, uh, maybe our good friend, uh, Patrick with his hat trick will be able to help you out. Um, so new year's Eve tonight, you got any plans for new year's? I'm going to be on my couch. There you go. And my kids are going to bed and I'm going to be on my couch relaxing. I don't even know if I'm going to make it to midnight. 
<laughs> we are we are gonna try to do like the youtube the ball dropping maybe for last year's and like put it on the tv for the three-year-old and be like hey it's a happy new year the ball's dropping and then right before he goes to bed kind of see like hey you stayed up to midnight i saw something on social media about a family doing that I'm like that's an interesting yeah. idea give him yeah. an idea but still get him to bed so you can enjoy your night yeah right i mean we're already lying to our children enough about other things why not just throw the, <laughs> exactly. the ball dropping at like 6 p.m there you go it's midnight get out get to bed um yeah how about you uh well i'm work going to work uh i'm headed to the brewery in about three hours so i will be working this evening shift hopefully we have a decent number of people turn out and it's a uh, a lucrative evening um but uh yeah i think when i get home it's just gonna be chill time i mean i we never stay up man like it's mm -hmm. it's like once you get in your 30s it's like okay great it's i don't want to make plans i have kids i want to go to sleep i have to uh you know do chores and stuff tomorrow i don't have work thankfully on new year's day but you know it's it's just kind of like another evening for me i don't need a reason yeah. to drink yeah I do me, me either and yeah like i said you know in the intro here like those days are over for me going out to like a bar and staying out till two in the yeah. morning on a new year's eve those days are long gone for me at least until i'm in my kids are gone maybe i'll stay out and be like one of those older like my parents going out and having fun with their friends when you know they're all empty nesters at yeah point. exactly but yeah we'll we'll go do the crazy partying shit when we're in our even like, so, late 40s like, 50s <laughs> yeah even so like i don't care to watch like the new year's eve thing anymore i mean i wouldn't want to be in new york this year i'll tell you that given everything that's gone on in the world i wouldn't want to be around a mass of people just given the state of affairs across the globe right now that would be that, yeah. that would make me a little nervous but i don't know i probably just gonna be like you said another normal night for me hit relaxing you know playing some video games or something and watching oh, yeah. a movie with the wife or something like that. It's going to be something simple. I heard something from somewhere that 1.5 tons of confetti is dropped in Times Square every single New Year's. I believe that. And they have to like hire, well, they have to have the sanitation crews from New York work like 12 hours straight after the balls dropped to get it cleaned up for the next day. Oh yeah, I believe that 100% crazy it's like when Not, you go to the beach like the sand gets everywhere you'll find it like in your like yeah. hair and in your in your ass like fucking four hours later it's like i would can only imagine you wake up with confetti in your pants or something would it be fun to experience one time maybe but again the hassle and i, I don't like people that much millions of people down there i don't like right? people that much i'd rather just be in my own comfort of my own home <laughs> yeah absolutely um what do you think are the Boston Bruins New Year's resolutions? Get the kids going. Consistency. Avoid these letdowns. You know, these streaks now that, you know, we're getting into the second half of the season. And just continue to continue to play the, the game that has gotten to them to where they are now. And maybe and uh, I could go out on a limit and say a New Year's resolution would be to pick a goalie. But Again, again, it's working right now. Let's stick with it. Let's keep going. And yeah, I, I, my, my whole thing with this is I want them to continue their consistency. And if they do encounter another one of these types of, of lulls to continue to respond in the way that they, they showed this past week. So anything like that, keep going. Yeah, I mean, I think that the Bruins really need to just decide if they're going to let these kids make these decisions or not. You know, uh, if they're going to if they're going to let these kids play in these minutes or not. I'm tired of the we're going to let them get out there and make mistakes and learn from it. Actually, no, we're going to bench them for a game. So my New Year's resolution for the Boston Bruins is play the kids and let them make the mistakes. Yeah, so absolutely. That's, that's, that's one of mine, and then. Pick a goalie. <laughs> no, dude. Let them go with this tandem. Let them keep doing it and let them do it in the playoffs. Actually do it in the playoffs. Okay? If it doesn't work then, then pick a fucking goalie. But we've talked about this before. At nauseum. They did, they, they, they did the swap <laughs> all year and then they stopped and suddenly, wow, things didn't work. So keep doing the fucking swap in the postseason. 
We are the best tandem in the league. Use that. Don't cripple yourself. Don't handcuff yourself just because you feel like you have to go with one goalie. Just fucking do what works. You want me to be honest with you? If they keep playing, if they, the trend continues this way, I want them picking Swayman and I want them riding him. Because he has been the better of the two goalies this year, in my opinion. And that's not a knock on Linus because he has been outstanding as well. But Swayman has been the more consistent guy. And, you know, again, we, we could rehash this entire argument all day. But if you roll Swayman out there in game one of the playoffs and he gets a goose egg and he plays out of his mind, how can you justify sitting him down for the next game? just because of what happened in the regular season. It's hard. That's that's a decision that's going to get criticized no matter what happens. If it throws off Swayman the rest of the series, that's going to get criticized. If Omar comes in and, and has a letdown in game two, that's going to get armchair quarterbacked all day. Yep. And I'd rather that not put themselves in a situation to have to deal with that because once that spiral goes down, once it one time it happens, it has the potential to kill an entire series. So that's my yeah. take on it. We can we'll rehash it later on in the season as we get oh, yeah. to we'll, the playoffs. We'll, <laughs> we'll be breaking it all down, especially once we find out. We may even have like an emergency episode drop once we find out about the uh first round matchup. Mm-hmm. You know, at this point, I, I thought I, I thought I saw like a stat. Bruins have like a ninety seven percent chance of making the postseason at this point. So there's still a chance oh, yeah. that the wheels could fucking fall off, and I'm knocking on wood. I saw that. Loosely. I saw that same stat. It was like a, it was like an image with like a grid, right? With all the yeah. teams on it. Yeah. The Bruins, I think had like the 16th or the 17th best odds to win the Stanley cup. So they yeah. have and the New Jersey devils were the top and chance to win. The... Did you see that team last night? Like, I'm not saying like they're an awful team. They're obviously very good offensively, but they can't get out of their own way defensively. Like you apply a light forecheck to that devil's team. I said this before in the year when we were talking to Tommy, like you apply a light forecheck to the New Jersey Devils and they get caught and they cannot get the puck back and you're just able to cycle it around. Um that that Devils team's not gonna that that's gonna it's gonna be the same thing that happened against the Rangers last year. They're gonna run up against a team that has a good forecheck and they're gonna fold up like a cheap lawn chair. Oh, for sure. I'm I'm, I'm sorry, I've just been trying to find this graphic, but like I think Arizona had a higher chance to win. The Stanley oh, yeah. Cup than the Bruins on that. Yep. There were some teams on there that was like, what the heck is this? Like, how can the Bruins be a team that's 97% chance to make the playoffs, but a team behind them has a has, has a has a higher opportunity to win a Stanley Cup? I mean, I understand, like, the law. I guess you could make a logical case for it given the history of the Bruins in the playoffs, but I, I don't I don't see how that's relevant. I think, it, I think it's that, and I think it's also the fact that the road to the Cup final in the West, I think, is easier than what it is in the East. There's less top end teams. Like, who are the top end teams in the Western Conference right now? You have Vegas, the defending cup champions, Colorado. Colorado struggled lately. Like Arizona just mm-hmm. came back and beat Colorado when they were trailing like four like four nothing, I think. And they, they came all the way back to win in overtime. Um Van- Vancouver is one of the top teams. Mm-hmm. Vancouver has their own deficiencies. Um Edmonton, Edmonton has struggled. Like there's no real dominant team outside of maybe Vegas in the West. So, you know, you could say the Rangers are really good this year. The Panthers are again really good this year in the East. The Bruins are still pretty good. The Leafs aren't playing up to their potential. The Lightning aren't playing up to their potential. The Hurricanes are on the upswing. Like there's a lot of really good teams in the East. There's not as many really good teams in the West. So that's going to be shown in the the Cup win percentage you have winnipeg minnesota are higher chances to make this or to win the stanley cup than the bruins you have That's a good, yeah winnipeg just looked fucking great and that makes sense they play a, a playoff style so arizona i mean there's just so many teams here and the bruins this is all updated as of today too so the bruins have dropped down believe it or not to like 88.9 percent chance now to make the playoffs so like it's updated. These odds are from Money Puck, so they, they update win. daily. That makes yeah, sense. yeah. It's like it's it's crazy. It's, it's yeah, it's wild. We'll just leave it at that. I'm gonna keep track of this. I didn't I didn't realize that this this was a thing. I'm gonna keep track of this as the year goes on because nice. I, and I find it fi- I find it fascinating. Yeah, we can even throw it up on the screen next time we talk about it, and we can kind of just show a visual. But um, yeah. So those those are our uh, New Year's resolutions for the Boston Bruins. Um, we did put out another announcement um, regarding the live viewing party that we're going to host 
on January 27th um, at the brewery that I work at, Backhill Beer here in Rochester, New Hampshire. Um, wear your Bruins swag. We're going to have the bees and flyers on the projector, on the audio. Um, if you wear some Bruins stuff, you'll be entered into a giveaway. We've got some cool stuff that we're going to give out um, as well as a gift card to the brewery. So you can have maybe some of your beers comped. But uh, yeah, definitely check us out uh, January 27th. Um, Backhill Beer in Rochester, New Hampshire. Uh, puck drop is at 1230. The event starts at noon. Virgin, I will be there. Probably uh, a couple other primetime productions guys will be there. Um, would love to hang out with you, shot, you know, shoot the shit, talk some hockey. Um, Burge and I will actually be, I think, post-game recording an episode mm-hmm. of the podcast right there in the brewery. Uh, so you can see how the magic happens. It's not really that magical. We're just shooting the shit with computers. So, uh, but yeah, <laughs> we'll be there. And uh, we really hope that you will come by too and, and enjoy it. Um, selfishly, the beer at Backhill is amazing. Um, some of the best beer I've had. I've been to a lot of the breweries down in Boston. Um, probably the IPAs are right on par with tree houses. So if you, uh, if you like IPAs, um, like me, <laughs> the, the brewery really focuses on hop forward IPAs, a lot of new England IPA styles of beer, but there's also, we have a lager, we have, um, a stout, uh, we have, uh, a black IPA, um, we have a triple IPA on with a 10% ABV. Um, a lot of really good stuff here and a lot of variety. Oh, we have a tropical sour that's really good. Um, so, yeah, come check us out. Drink some good beers. Watch some hockey with us. And, uh, yeah, we hope to see you there. Can we buy cans at the brewery to take home with us? Yeah, we have cans available to go. Beautiful. We might be uh, slurring our words a little bit on that recording if I have you know a couple of those triple IPAs during the during the Bruins game. Oh, I, 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 I encourage it. I think that would make a, for some entertaining content. We're going to come to fisticuffs about the goalies. Oh, yeah. Oh, by the way, you have um, your, your good friend, Pezzy, that is the Buffalo Bills fan. Uh, did you see his tweet earlier today? No, but I'm going to go check it out right now. Uh, is he jumping through those... a table? Is he jumping through a table? It was one of those uh, sports opinions that would have a reaction where the guy from um what the hell is it i forget the name the the rapunzel movie from disney um with all the swords around his neck um but yeah he he said uh something along the lines that he doesn't understand why the goalie hug is so fucking oh for Boston him, fans. him and i him and i have uh have agreed on this from the onset he's like i'm with you on this on twitter and i'm like let's go that i should i gotta i gotta share that i gotta share that because that is all 100 percent me that right there is 100 percent me getting those swords yeah. pointed at me i'm like the oh, only yeah. one i'm like the only one of our little primetime productions group here that absolutely despises it it doubles down on it <laughs> yeah so as soon as i saw him send that i was like oh there's burge i gotta mention that um so my wife got me this fitbit watch this google pixel watch for christmas and i'm sitting here recording the pod with you and uh fitbit's like your device identified potential signs of stress or excitement <laughs> starting at 12:19 p.m. Reflect on your mood to better understand what may have caused a response. Well, there's going to be a lot of that especially especially uh, at our watch party I think. I think that thing's going to oh be going God. off. <laughs> yeah, uh, um, my wife Amanda, she's like you you got to wear that like when you're watching a Bruins game. Your Fitbit's going to tell you that, like you're st- like having a heart attack or like you're on the death's doorbed or, or uh, door. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm a little, I'm a little apprehensive. Like I'm, I'm, I'm afraid my Fitbit's going to like call a paramedic while I'm watching a bees game. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, so a few weeks back, we, I mean, we've been talking about the whole Bob, your collection um, NFT project and talked about you know how easy it was going to be and and what a cool project it was going to be and you know it it was definitely interesting for us to kind of get a glimpse into that world but mm-hmm. uh on behalf of the two pad stack podcast i have to apologize to you guys because in no way shape or form was that as easy as they said it was going to be mm-hmm. and i say that because i did it burge did it um i went out and i minted my first nfts and you couldn't really use a credit card to do it. I had to like use a credit card to upload 
Ethereum cryptocurrency into my MetaMask wallet, which I'd never even heard of before this experience. Mm -hmm. And then I uploaded enough to buy the NFT. And then I was told I needed more because there's gas prices, which is a weird terminology for processing fees. And I'm like, so, so the whole point of this crypto thing is to be like decentralized currency, right? Yep. So why are we slapping ourselves on the wrist with fucking like processing fees? Like why, what on earth are we doing here? So I had to go and upload like another $15 just to purchase the NFT for the processing fee. Um, so I ended up minting three of these things, very convoluted, very complex process. And, uh, you know, I do like them. I do think that they're cool. Um, but I wish it was easier for you guys. And, and you know, we told you guys it was going to be easy. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. So I apologize to you. Um, but, you know, if I can do it and if I can get Burge to do it, you know, it, it, you can do it too. So it's not it's not super, super hard. You can still figure it out. But um, it wasn't as easy as I said it was. So I'm sorry. There was definitely uh, it was definitely a tough process, like especially for me. I'm completely illiterate when it comes to crypto stuff. And I had no idea what I was doing. I had Ace had to help walk, basically hold my hand through the entire process. <laughs> and like so I didn't have to upload any more like money into the currency i think ace sent me a little bit of the of the crypto to just be able to cover the fees i think i was like a dollar or two short like total i'm like i'm not uploading another twenty dollars to this just right. for, for 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 two dollars and it ended up working out i got hosed i only got one of the uh the common ones the common nfts i was like oh give me at least a rare come on and this guy over here walks away with two rares yeah, the first two that I minted were both rares. And I was like, oh, that's no big deal. I mean, why are they even rare? It's got to be common at this point. So, and then I was like, okay, Birds, you can do it. Like, come on, you're going to get, you know, maybe we got like a super whitelist because we supported the project. Maybe we just automatically got rares. Nope. <laughs> I was like, come on, man. But no, it's, it's yeah. definitely interesting, though. I mean, it, 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 it's opened my eyes a little bit to the NFT world and like, the, the platform where you, you view it, I believe it's called OpenSea, and you go on there and you look, and so many different ones. Like, there's so many different NFTs out there, not just even sports related. There's tons. And I was looking through a bunch of them and just seeing like some of the worth on a lot of these NFTs. Some of them have like significant monetary value when you're talking about the crypto. If you were to actually sell it for, you know, standard currency, it's kind of incredible to see and i was like i didn't know this whole world existed so it has opened my eyes to that to that world yeah and i mean i went in there and i was like all right well i've got two rares i really want one of those very rare like ultra rare ones i Mm -hmm. should do one more mint a final mint and and for the record guys like i don't want to misconstrue this like these are not cheap things like Mm -mm. these are like after gas fees and the, the transaction fees, these are like a hundred and like ten dollars. Yeah. Yeah. So we're fucking idiots, I guess, for spending money on digital stuff. But uh, you know, we wanted to support this project and support Bobby Orr. And mm-hmm. you know, it's been kind of it's been kind of a learning experience for me. And uh, you know, it is kind of cool. But um, you know, I'm not advocating for any of you guys if you haven't done it before to go and do it. But if you're ever curious about the space and you want to support the project, definitely do it. Um I've I the third one I minted, I I think I'm going to sell because I have an offer right now for like 115 bucks in Ethereum, so I'll probably sell that and use it to pay for some of the gas to put the rest of my crypto money back into my actual bank account because mm-hmm. I want you know real money instead of crypto. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's uh we're still holding on to it because I think on January 15th, if you have one of these in your name, you're gonna get one of the care packages from bobby Orr, which includes you know physical utility stuff um you know signatures merch um potentially i don't think everybody gets a signed thing from what i was reading um but yeah if you hold it at that date they're gonna send you over a physical thing and hopefully we can get some cool stuff out of that that would be uh that would be cool that's one of the reasons i'm holding it and we'll see where where it goes from there if i get the offer at that point after maybe i do do the same thing that you do but again it is a pretty cool thing the the art is really cool on him definitely cool to support bobby or and his project here 
Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, we are reaching the end of the episode here. Any closing thoughts, Burge? No, I just want to say, you know, it's been a great first six months as we close out this year, you know, being with you here on the two pad stack pod, really enjoyed the experience and really excited to see where, where we take this thing in 2024, you know, the sky's the limit with, you know, this, we're going to be bringing you some really cool interviews. Like Ace said earlier, we're going to continue to bring you that content and, you know, join us on January 27th up in Rochester to watch the game and bash me for my goalie hug in my goalie takes i'll be right there you could say it right to my face we could have a nice friendly discussion about it over a nice pint (laughs) absolutely absolutely all right guys well we will see you that'll conclude episode 22 we'll see you next week for episode 23 see you next year cheers